Good day and welcome to Sarah and T, the Professional Vacation Rental Managers Podcast, coming to you from the Outer Banks of North Carolina. And from the Rocky Mountains of Colorado. I'm Sarah Bradford from Winter Park and Steamboat Springs. And I'm Tim Cafferty from the Outer Banks of North Carolina and Sandbridge in Virginia. Together, we bring you the first podcast focused solely on professionally managed vacation rentals, both domestic and abroad. In the next 30 minutes, we hope you will join us on our journey as we dive into issues affecting folks like us, the professional vacation rental manager, allowing you to run your business more effectively, make more money, and most importantly, have fun doing it. We're back and better than ever. I'm Tim. And I'm Sarah. And Sarah, you all re-energized after a little time off and your phone set aside for a week or so? Yes, I survived. Nothing terrible happened. When I came back into cell service, I sent those messages of, is everybody okay? And they all wrote back, yeah, we're fine. Were you gone? So it was, <laughs> yeah, it was not a problem. And great to get away. And uh, it was quite hot down there at Lake Powell, 105 degrees. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm sure you got lots of boating time in and glad that you're re-energized and ready to go here in mid-August as we push to the finish line of Labor Day. And we've got a special episode for you folks out there today. You know, we have talked a lot before about how desperation to grow and ignoring red flags with potential homeowners is a recipe for disaster. But even if you aren't desperate and having seen any flashing red, there are certain topics that really have to be covered with any new homeowner considering joining your rental pool. So the homeowner vacation rental relationship is one that we hope is going to be very long. And there are two sides to this, as you well know. And so today we're going to do a little bit of a role play if you can kind of get your mindset in the idea of dealing with a new owner conversation today and covering all the areas we think are vital to a good, long-lasting relationship and a profitable relationship. And our hope is this episode could be one that you may even want to share with your homeowner. What do you think, Sarah? We're going to share with you how we approach these topics, not just, hey, you need to cover these topics, but this is a way to talk about it. This is how we truly feel that you should be sharing it with owners. You will have a much more successful relationship. And going through this conversation, uh, well, two things. One, it might bring up some issues with owners where they do show you the red flag. And that doesn't mean they're a bad person. It just might be like, oh, wait a minute. No, 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 no. And that kind of parlays into the next thing, which it brings up questions. If you go through everything Tim and I are going to go through today, it brings up a lot of que additional questions with the owner. And um, that's a good thing. That's a really good thing if they ask the questions ahead of time versus when it happens. Mm -hmm. And so we are very cognizant that the majority of our listeners are vacation rental managers and management company owners, but we're also going to kind of dive into the mindset of the property owner asking questions. So that's where we start. Uh, Mrs. Bradford, how do you feel about somebody staying in your home? Yes, the, the question that we love to ask the owner is, how do you feel about this person, these people staying in the home, right? And what do you call them? 
and listen carefully because some owners have been taught to call them renters. Nobody's fault again, but they've been taught the renter is the enemy. I just met with a potential owner and he said, well, my buddy up there and I don't know, somewhere in the beach community in the East Coast, he told me to ask you these three things because he's been really burned by renters. So those guys are talking, they're talking about these terrible people that rent. And you have to talk about this with an owner. And what I share is that, hey, we don't think of them as quote unquote renters. We think of them as guests and they are our customers. And we have to work through this adverse feeling you have and change that mindset. And so can you get your head around that? Because we look as, at guests as the potential for future income not to mention the income you have now from them and the potential for them to tell their friends to rent your home in the future. So this is just like someone walking into your candy store. You don't get mad at someone walking into your candy store. You want them to buy candy. The Cafferty children all know there are words you must not say at the dinner table. You might say they're curse words. We call them the T words. Nobody is a tourist or a Turon. They are guests. And there is most likely a slapping occurring of a child at my table if one of those words is said. They are guests, folks. They are guests because you can invite them, but they do not have to come. And they certainly do not have to come back. And the other terminology we used in that first question was the word home. And again, Mr. Property Owner, I understand you may feel as though it is your home, but we've covered many times it is not your home. It is a commercial domicile that we are both profiting from. So you need to get out of that mindset of the guest versus renter, home versus rental property. So there's number one. And you know, Tim, this makes the experience much more enjoyable for the homeowner if they get into this guest mentality, because it really should be a hospitality mindset we've talked about before. If you're an owner, the only way to make this a fun and profitable and wonderful experience for the years you do this is that you say, I want to make the guest have a wonderful time. Oh, did they enjoy it? Oh gosh, that the rug's dirty. Let's get a new one. Let's fix the problem. We want it to be a great experience, not who cares what it looks like. It's a rental, right? So we've talked about that a lot, which really comes into our second point, And that's what Tim's getting at. And that is, how do you speak to an owner when they say, you know, we bought this because we want to come down once a month. We're just so excited about having a place at the beach, but I can't pay for it. So can you rent it mm -hmm. a little bit? Yeah. So Mr. And Mrs. Homeowner, property owner, you have just opened a business here, fill in blank of your location. And we have to have this trust that I am the professional and know what I'm doing. I've been doing this a long time. And I know you can't have that trust in me right away, but we do need to build that over time. And for us to be successful, we need to be on the same page. I need every single day and week that you can give me so I can make this a profitable venture for you. And we need to make sure our agendas are aligned. I love that. I just told a owner or shared with an owner recently that I could tell that they don't know me yet. They're just starting. They were picking apart our contract and saying, well, this doesn't sound good. This doesn't sound good. And I said, well, first of all, I have to cover myself. I'm a business. And it's funny enough, another owner said, I really like your contract because it <laughs> shows that you know what you're doing because it's so detailed. 
with the owner that said, I don't like this, I don't like this. I said, listen, I have to have this in my contract, but I'm not going to have an adversarial relationship with you. I wouldn't have been successful for years and years and have all these owners stay with us for years and years if I'm going to pull one over on you. That's not my MO. Like if we pull one over on an owner, that owner leaves and then that's our best asset, right? So it's kind of good to explain, this is not a quick transaction. This is a long relationship that I wanna make as best as can be. And I wanna please you and I wanna please the guests and I wanna please our employees, but we have to have this set out from the get go um, or we're gonna have miscommunications. Great points. I would always encourage an owner to read the agreement very carefully and make sure they know that that agreement is what guides our conduct. Because I think sometimes people get into these relationships in terms of vacation rental manager and owner thinking, oh, well, you know, Tim's going to call me anytime there's a problem and this is just going to be great. I'll just have somebody there who'll be looking out for me all the time. Folks, let me just make sure you know, I am not going to call you when the toaster needs to be replaced. I learned that lesson years ago. I actually did call an owner when I first opened about a toaster that needed to be replaced, and he was in Charlottesville, Virginia. I was in Duck, North Carolina, and he said, I'll be right there. No, he didn't. (laughs) Yes, he did. He brought a new toaster from the Walmart in Charlottesville, Virginia. So that's probably not the best strategy I had in terms of developing that relationship. Our agreement allowed me to go ahead and replace the toaster. Instead, I reached out and tried to be a friendly sort, you know, that wanted to please him completely. The fact of the matter is, he's not my only property. We have the agreement that guides our conduct, and you need to make sure that, that the business partnership thing is on the right keel because they need to have that trust that I am not going to gouge them on the toaster from Walmart. Okay, Tim, next topic we might want to go over with owners is, do you ever hear this? And it's a very good question. It's what every owner really should ask. And that is, hey, Tim, where do you advertise? You know, I've been talking a lot of different companies and you're one of them. Where do you advertise? Right. And so I think what I read into that question is, I, as the property owner, have ideas about where you should be advertising because I read X and such paper every week and I always look at the classifieds and whoever I see in that area, well, they really are on top of their game, right? No, there are certain places we all advertise. And when I say certain places, it's probably not the classified in the newspaper, by the way. And we just need to make sure we convey to them what our philosophy of marketing is because it's become very complicated and strategic about how we do business. Yeah. I also like to say that pretty much anyone that has attended any conference or read any magazine about vacation rentals knows where to advertise. Like for someone, your answer to be, oh, we advertise on Burbo and Airbnb. Okay. What I say, well, we all are advertising in the same places. That's not what the marketing differentiator is. The differentiator is, First of all, our attitude towards customer service, our approach and our philosophy as a company to treat guests and owners the way we do to get them to come back. And then, you know, the response time to our calls and emails and our photography quality and the quality of the listings and all the little tricks that it's hard to explain to an owner real fast about how to make your listing the best, having incredible reviews, having a return guest percentage. That's the, that's the question or the strategy on rates 
And when I share that, it seems to get owners off the, do you advertise on VRBO? Mm -hmm. It's like, yes, of course we do. But that everybody does. Or, well, Tim didn't for a minute there, but for a while, but now he's on that <laughs> slightly. But, you know, it's really about changing the question too and explaining your business. Yeah, it's about engagement and image and constantly being there where you need to be, where the customers are looking. And uh, it, it has really changed a lot here lately. I remember you were talking about repeat guest or return guest percentage or whatever. Years ago, I know that Mr. Suto rented the same house for 14 years. That's not the case any longer. It may not be the best measure of a great marketing program that you get X percent coming back. That speaks more to customer service and the property. I think with especially the day and age we're living in, where millennials are starting to be more of our target group, we're not going to see repeat renters as we are, but we need to make sure whatever market it is that we're looking for, your property shows up, Mr. Property Owner, and you need to trust that I have a handle on that. So it's really important, but also rates are really important, and that's the next one we have on our list. They're not always what owners think, should think they should be, right, Sarah? I told you before we got on the podcast, I have a new property owner that just came into the rental program, and his comment was, you know, I've met the guy who is next door to me, and he told me he made $100,000 in rental income last year, and I think I should make 100000 too. So what are we going to do with these rates? Yes, and this is, again, a very normal question that a any owner, you know, they, they've been successful in their life. We understand that owners listening. And you might think I could do this. I can set rates. I think my place should be a thousand a night. But as you get deeper into our world of vacation rentals, different weeks valued at different amounts. Sometimes demand is higher than others. And sometimes you're watching and you're trying to fill all the holes. And the other thing about rates that I love to talk about, Tim, is that when we lower rates, it hurts us just as much as the owner. And that's important for owners to remember. If I go from 1000 to 500 I just cut my share of that a lot, right? And so I don't want to rent it really low, right? I have to clean this place and I have to take care of these people. I almost think we care more about getting a higher rate than just filling it with something because we have to take care of these folks. Well, you turned me on to an idea, I was going to say months ago, maybe years ago now, and that is the whole revenue strategy meetings where you have a regular process. As a team, you get together and you talk about what's happening the third week in August. What's happening next July the 12th or next February the 10th? And strategizing about that in advance rather than being reactive. So this is something we really hang our hats on in this business. And it's good to talk about your internal process around rate setting. I tell owners we have a red hot report. We look at properties that aren't doing well. We look ones that are outlying and doing almost, they're running too fast. And there's all sorts of factors and reports. And we have incredible tools now that we can assess where we need to raise rates and lower rates. And some of that happens automatically. Just in the past three years, it has changed dramatically how much more you can get per night if you're really being attentive. Speaking of something that's changed dramatically here, Sarah, I know you've experienced this as well as I have, and that is we have seen a number of properties sold recently in our rental program. Resort areas such as yours and mine have suddenly become very attractive to people, especially when they can telecommute, and they found that instead of working in Denver or in Washington, D.C., they can work in Steamboat Springs or Duck 
And so we have had a number of properties sell recently where people are going to be coming here over time and uh, living in these places. But in the meantime, they've got a vacation rental. And so they have different expectations on rates maybe than what we have had with our previous owners. Can you address that? Yeah, I think a good example of this is an owner who two and a half years ago, he bought a townhome for a million bucks in Steamboat. We've been managing it for a couple of years doing well. And he's about to sell it for about 1.8 million. Mm. Yeah, I know this makes everyone want to come invest in Steamboat's <laughs> yeah, price. <right. laughs> but our prices have gone way up. And what I'm so nervous about is the owner that's going to buy that 1.8 place, right? And, and call me and say, okay, now I put 1.8 in, so I'm expecting you to do X amount in revenue, which would be about double, the expectation would be double what I made for the other mm -hmm. owner. It's kind of a bummer, but the fact is rates don't go up. Rental rates don't go up as property values go up. Sometimes property values go down fast and rental rates don't go down as fast, so that's good. But right now, property values are skyrocketing, which is shocking all of us, and the rental rates are not skyrocketing. They're not going way down, but they don't go up 75% just because you bought a property that everybody wanted to buy and it went high up in value. So that's, it's important to understand that. Really is. And then while we're on that subject, I think it's also important. We've talked about this in the past about onboarding an owner properly. And those owners who are out there listening, you may have bought into a relationship that you didn't have any say so in, if you will. So like for now, it's in the height of the season here on the Outer Banks. And I think I mentioned to you before, I have quite a number of properties that are under contract and the buyers coming in are going to honor the agreement and see it through for a time. And that's all I can ask. It's almost like bringing a new employee on board. If you have a new employee, you're going to give them, I won't call it a probationary period, but a kind of a get to know you period to make sure they're the same person you think they are. And we're the same people they think we are. And the same holds true for a property where an owner has bought something existing in your program. I would say, Mr. Homeowner, if you are in that role, please give us a shot. Judge us on our actions. Give us I don't know, six months. That ought to give you a good idea about how we operate, how the maintenance works, how housekeeping works, how the accounting goes, and then you can make a decision about what you're going to do in the future instead of coming in with demands and that high ROI you were just talking about. What do you think there, Sarah? No, I agree. And I think that could be said for any new owner, vacation rental manager relationship. When the first thing goes wrong, please try not to jump all over us and give us a little time to get it right. Cause I do dread the first bad phone call to an owner, a new owner. It's like, they're just very sensitive and they don't have a relationship mm -hmm. with us yet. Um, okay. Let's keep going. Okay. Speaking of jumping on you, I have a very high cleaning standard as an owner. Tell me that you're going to be able to meet my standards, Ms. Bradford. Yeah. I love it when people start with, I'm a clean freak. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> so my thing with, I just want to encourage all vacation rental managers out there to not sugarcoat this topic. And uh, cleaning is an imperfect science. It just is. There will be issues. I have inspected so many properties as you have, Tim, right? Checking the cleaning, inspecting the inspector. And every single time I find an issue because this is not like cleaning a simple hotel room. This is cleaning a giant house often, and there's just things that get missed. 
And you have to also think as an owner, put yourself in these shoes. Well, first of all, if you've ever cleaned a five bedroom house, you'll never want to do that again. If you only have five hours, it has to be absolutely perfect and look like a hotel. Try that one because everybody cleans their own house, but they don't make it look like a hotel. And so we get like five or six hours maxed often to clean a really messy house, also inspect it. And sometimes you do miss the soap in the shower or you might miss a crumb in the kitchen. It just can happen. And it doesn't mean that we're evil. Indeed. And the other thing I'm finding particularly this year are the houses are being used very heavily. People are mm-hmm. not anxious to go out to restaurants. They are cooking every meal in the house. Mm-hmm. They're bringing their own groceries too, by the way, here, at least in mm-hmm. our area. We're not seeing big lines in the grocery stores, but they are staying in the houses and they are using them fully, which puts more time on the cleaning. And the other thing I would say on this is that we do have a truncated time. You know, this is not like a hotel room that you have 30 minutes to clean the hotel and you can give a housekeeper 16 hotel rooms and they can do that in an eight-hour period. No, that's not how it works here. We have all these specialty areas with your tile floors and if the house accepts pets and all the sinks and all that sort of stuff. And so we're doing our best we can in the time we have. And then we have an inspector go through and maybe they're going to take a half hour to inspect the property. Maybe. You have a day and a half to pick it apart, right? <laughs> you know, it's not yeah. so. If I give you five minutes to walk through the house, you'll probably think it's good. But then the day later, you find the toothpaste stain on the side wall and the third bathroom on the right, or the proverbial Cheerio under the mattress or whatever. So, yeah, give us a break on that. We're trying our best. And if we do find something, we'll make it right. I promise we will. I think back about when I was an owner. As many of you know, I was an owner before I started a business. And I got mad at the company that cleaned. I was this owner. So I understand that this can be disconcerting. You know, we have owners that call and rightly so. They say, I took out all my plates to set the table and there was stuff on the fifth plate down. And it's like, and they're really mad. And okay, I don't don't love that that happened, but we don't go through every single thing in the kitchen every time. It's literally impossible. The other day I stayed at one of our big houses in Winter Park and I spent five hours reorganizing and redecorating that thing, Tim, mm. because things move around, which we'll get to in a minute. But it we don't have five hours every time to move everything back in its perfect position. So no doubt. let's move on. Okay, Tim, how do you address the idea of responsiveness? So one of the reasons that we have so much marketing power is we do manage more than one home. That's what lets us spend so much money on marketing. So how do you approach an owner to share with them that we can't always answer the phone in five minutes about some non-emergency? Well, I think it goes back to what I was talking about, about the toaster. I'm not going to call you every time there's a toaster. I do, however, feel very strongly that we need to be staffed appropriately to be responsive enough at least to take the call or get back to them the same day in terms of I may not have an answer for you, but I will get back to you by such and such a time frame. But we're not going to drop everything, I think is what your point is, Sarah, to deal with the missing whatever in the bedroom on the left. You know, it's just one of those things that happens and we're going to have to have a relationship of trust that we will make it right. I will stand tall. That's one of my big sayings with an owner. If something has gone wrong, I will take care of it. 
but I'm not going to drop everything to handle what is a perceived emergency. I think we talked about the four quadrants there, the Eisenhower matrix about the important, the unimportant, the, uh, you know, the things that need to be addressed right now and the things that need to be addressed but not right now. And I think that's what you're talking about with responsiveness. Fact is we don't have just two vacation rentals. I have 300 vacation rentals. And so I, it's just not practical that I'm going to have the ability to call an owner and talk to them for an hour every day. And one more thought on that. I don't know about you, Sarah, but when there's a work order to be handled and an owner is in a property at at the particular time and frame, I just had this issue happen a couple of days ago, which is why I'm bringing this up. Owner in issues are going to be less of a priority than guest in issues. And that's something that owners need to be aware of as well. It is your house. You are there. Respectfully, we're happy to help. But we need to take care of these guest issues because those are a little higher priority. And see, please don't judge me on responsiveness when I'm handling emergency issues with guests and you need a picture hung in the second bedroom. I'm really trying to make this not like, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner, listen to this. Yeah. (laughs) But we might have to do an episode in the future where we do get one of our homeowners on. Maybe even we have one of yours and one of mine. And we have them say, hey, vacation rental manager, these are the six things we want you to know. Oh, boy. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we'll have that'd volunteers. Be kinda, that'd yeah. be kind of interesting, yeah. right? All right. Let's keep that in mind. So anyway, we're not trying to be like that. Let's talk about annual maintenance. I, I think we've talked about before. Some homeowners completely get this and some don't. And there's no fault in those that don't. But some put a lot of money into buying their home and then decorating it, and they think they're done for the next 10 years. What I like to share with owners is that they're going to have a lot of people in your home. It's not like you just fixed it up and no one's going to come in. You're having people come and go and come and go. And and as Tim just shared, they're using it a lot, you know, and they're using it even more with COVID and the kitchen, et cetera. So bedding really does wear out. Rugs, they get used after a while you got to repaint. And the kitchen especially is where the wear and tear happens. Pots and pans, dishware, you will be buying more things, not just broken items. And some of us cover that and some of us don't, but just wear and tear. And so I think homeowners should put away a certain amount of money each year to reinvest in the property. I don't have a great formula though for that. Do you, Tim, do you have something you share specifically? I hoped you were going there because that is something I think that all owners should think about because they look at the income and they look at the mortgage and that's the analysis, right? You're going to get a 10% return. Are you going to get a 6% return? I would suggest that whatever you're getting 10% of that needs to be put away in what you would call a facilities budget, for lack of a better word. The central air conditioning system is going to be needed to be replaced every few years. Like you said, all those soft items such as bedding and carpeting and things like that. Your roof is going to have to be addressed now and then. Windows will leak. Exterior painting, those kinds of things. Put away the money. 10% is my number. I find that owners who have put that money away and know that that's going to happen the conversation goes a lot better and this spending doesn't feel so painful when they have to do it. So that's good. good. It's really like an HOA. You know, if you're an HOA, they, the HOA budget has things about restaining and roof and all that stuff. You should have that for your home as well. The next one I want to be able to say in a way that doesn't sound snotty and it's hard to say this without sounding snotty. (laughs) So we want to have quality properties on our program. We want to add new properties 
uh, Winter Park, not as fast, Steamboat, maybe a little faster. But the last thing we want is to add a property and add an owner to our program that's just not a good fit. Not a good fit maybe for them, not a good fit for us or both ways. And so what I want us to share with owners more is that we're not desperate to add their home. I think because there's other vacation rental companies out there, owners can obviously think like, oh, they're going to fight for me. And maybe some will, but I don't want to fight just to get a property. I want to get a property because it's a good fit. And so what I want owners to understand is that the competition really in my world is not as stiff as it looks that it is. And so we need owners that are kind. We need owners that want to be partners. And Tim, you said before how the owner treats your staff says everything. They usually don't yell at us, right? It seems like when they get on the phone with us, they're super nice, which drives my staff crazy. But if they treat the staff wrong, that's a big X in their corner. You said it all, sister. You're exactly right. Rarely, it does happen that Sarah and I get yelled at. Usually, I deserve it. I don't know about you because I can go too far sometimes. But how you treat my staff says everything. My maintenance manager did not cause the issue at hand. She's just the messenger. My housekeeping manager did not dirty your house. She's the one out there cleaning it up with her staff. You know, And so how you treat those people goes a long ways back to point number two about this being a business and us being partners. Folks, those are the ones that really run the business. They're the ones you need to make friends with. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I'm happy to take any call and I have a great relationship with all my property owners, but if you treat my staff poorly, it just says so much. And the one property owner I did have to uninvite from the program this year just was not a kind person. And that was the bottom line. And for the sake of everyone, no one should feel trapped in a relationship. And some of my staff felt trapped. They are free at last. And, you know, Tim, this doesn't mean that owners can't complain. I work with a lot of owners that complain about or or put in a, you know, say, hey, I didn't like how that was handled. But it's the way they share that information instead of yelling or making it really uncomfortable to call that owner from a staff perspective. Because you can be upset about how something was handled, but it's how you work with us on that. And I like to joke, but it's really not a joke that it's a lot harder to find quality trained staff in our area than an owner. (laughs) You are right there again. No doubt about it, especially now. Speaking of which, dealing with owners, which is what our theme has been, and owners, I hope you are listening and taking notes on this. I hope we haven't been too offensive, but here's another one. Things move and things break. We don't know why. There are a few things that people do when they're on vacation at the beach. One is they go to the beach. Number two is they go shopping. Number three is they move stuff in rental houses. I don't know why, but it just happens, and things break with that explanation. Does it also happen in the mountains, Sarah? No, nothing breaks here, and <laughs> nothing moves. Yes, like I just said, I spent five hours moving things back in a big home we have. And this goes back to, again, this relationship we want to have with owners. I have beautiful relationships with a lot of owners, and 
I'm not, I don't dread at all telling them something broke. I mean, because they have a trust with me and I have trust with them and we know we're in this together and we can call. And, and that whole vibe of being okay with informing owners of what's happening, what happens is there's more communication because we're not dreading talking to the owner, right? The staff is happy to call them. And it's not that we try to rent those homes more than others, but we something about it when the owner relationship is good those properties do well the entire staff is promoting those it's like a good juju and that's what you want as an owner you want to be the owner that oh i love bob you know bob's great when he calls we even just had an owner actually funny enough name bob who stopped by when he was here this week just brought some goodies to us at the office i'm not saying every owner has to do that but that is we are a partner, right? And so that feels great. Let me ask you something on that as well. What are your thoughts about the property owner that provides a photo album of how things, quote, should be in the house? I'll tell you what I feel. Okay. I, I'm glad they made the effort, but I can't promise you I'm going to carry that album with me every week. I can't assure you those chairs are going to be turned at a 45-degree angle at the bar, nor the placemats to be placed the way you've had them or the pictures to be exactly as they're lined up. But I appreciate you letting me know. And you know what so kind of breaks my heart is I forget about that, that they did that. And then two years later, the owner manager is saying, hold on, hold on. Jane's arriving and remember we have to turn her picture frame that one way to the right and we have to make sure that one thing is done and so I have to get over there and I can't meet with you today and I'm like how did we get to this point <laughs> why are we doing this instead of just setting the expectation that I don't think we can turn the picture frame that way no exactly all right okay. so it brings us to the next one we got a couple more here we're going to squeeze them in and we're going to do a not so hot off the okay. press with what uh, definitely happening before we leave as well and that goes to back to what i just said and that's let's get moving let's act fast please when we call you mr master's property owner it's usually not a social occasion we have to have something done i had a little bit of a stigma about this when i would call an owner and i know you've had this as well sarah although you're better about calling owners randomly just to say hello whenever i call Oh, God, what's wrong? <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and so when we do call, it usually means that we need some reaction to something and some approval. We sometimes have to reach out to, to you, the homeowner, because we're not able to do it on our own. For example, maybe an authorization on the cable or, you know, you need to talk to your HOA or something we're not able to do for you. And I just want owners to know that that means that we need you to respond. Some, this one owner will never listen to this podcast. I'll just say this. The back porch is crumbling in. There's really big issues with the footers. They haven't responded to three emails we've sent about that and we called. And that's hard because again, the partnership, right? Now we feel like we're begging but this is an issue, not just for the renter, but them. And so we do, if possible, we need the owners to act quickly so we can move forward. And don't make us beg. You know we are calling because we need action and approval to get something done. And it will save you in the long run. Which, speaking of which, that goes to our next topic, and that's refunds. Things do happen. We have to correct them with the guests. And sometimes it's true. We have to give money back to a guest. Not because of a cleaning issue or a bug or whatever there's something that's happened that they have been inconvenienced we don't like to do it any more than the owner likes to do it but we do have to do that sometimes how about the approach about owners giving money back sarah this is good to talk about from the get-go refunds are a bummer 
and everybody reacts differently to them. It might be the mood they're in that day. It might be their financial situation that week, but refunds occur and we try to do the most fair thing we can. What's really hard about refunds is somebody might be very mad about the hot tub and somebody might care less. So one time the owner might see that they lost a night stay and the other time they lost 50 bucks. And owners just have to understand that we're trying to assess the collateral damage to that situation, but we want to avoid chargebacks. Sometimes they'll just charge back the whole amount and we lose it anyway. So we're trying to not get, lose the whole amount or a bad review is just a killer. Bad mouthing us in general to their friends is bad. So we're looking at a way to save the customer experience and still make you some money. So refunds are something that goes back to the first thing, Tim, which is guests versus renter. Are the renters happy? This is their vacation. We have to be sympathetic and not think the guest is just trying to take us for all we're worth. That's right. I think there's an immediate defensive reaction when you approach an owner about that. It's almost like your child is ugly. And by the way, I need money. And so the whole... He's a pain in the rear. Don't ever let him have, rent my house again is an immediate reaction. But we wouldn't have called you if we didn't work through all that first. Because the fact is, some guests are pains in the rear. And P.S., mm -hmm. that's what you pay me to deal with. So you don't hear from these people. But when we do call you, it's because we need to hear from you and we need to handle the situation. And one of the worst things I'll add in here as well is when an owner says no on the refund. That puts me in a terrible position. Your air conditioner was out for four days, Mr. Property Owner. We have to make this right with a guest. And so if I'm put in a position of that, I'm going to do what I think is right. I'm going to give them money back out of my pocket if I have to. And P.S., we've already talked about those owners we uninvite from the program. You're going to get on that list because this is a partnership, not me being your insurance policy. Side note to vacation rental managers listening to is make sure you explain refunds to owners. Make sure you explain in a timely manner and not that they just see it when they get their statement. Right. That's not cool. No, not at all. <laughs> all right. A couple of okay. more here. How about recommendations? Okay. I know you're big on this. Recommendations to property owners. Yes. So we don't think it's just a fun game to call owners and say, hey, I noticed you don't have a side table by the king bed or you don't have a lamp or your couch has been there for 10 years. It's time to get a new one. That's not fun for us to make that phone call. It's not fun to write the email, but we're doing it because we're trying to get you new and repeat guests. And we want you to listen to these strong recommendations. And again, this goes back to having funds every year to invest in your home, but please listen to us and understand that we're coming from, how do we say that? We're coming from a place of love. We're coming from a place of business, <laughs> revenue, profitability. We want to help you, but we really can't go buy you a new couch for the heck of it. Sometimes we wish we could, you know, we really mm -hmm. do. <laughs> but we hope that you're with us and the fact that things will need to be improved over time. Yeah, I think the word balance comes to mind. We are the ones that deal with the guests and we hear what their preferences are. We kind of have a feel for what's new and hip and people are asking about. And so we wouldn't come to you with suggestions if we didn't think it would help. Again, it's not right. entertainment. Oh, this is just a little note I wanted to mention. I have a lot of owners that say, hey, 
I bought this fancy house and a lot of my friends and a lot of colleagues at work, they all want to rent it. So I'm going to send them to you. So it's going to be great. And I hope that, you know, are you going to give me a little spiff on that or what? Cause all my friends are going to rent this. Oh yeah. Just so you know, they really don't rent it. They, that does not occur. <laughs> they tell you that and then they see the price and they don't rent it. So just know that that's most likely not going to happen. Well, on the other side of that is I've heard from owners that those friends approach them and say, you can make me a deal on this, right? We can just let uh-huh. me use it and I'll pay for the cleaning or whatever. In that case, we're happy to be the bad guy and say, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I have a management agreement with Sarah Bradford. You need to call Steamboat or you need to call Winter Park and, and rent it through them because I'd be violating yeah. my contract otherwise. So we're happy to play yeah. that role for you. That's great advice for an owner. All You'll have friends that you've never known. You've had friends before. <laughs> True. You have a vacation rental and they're all going to try to get you to give it to them for cheap. I have one final point here, Sarah, before we get to not so hot off the press, but definitely happening. And that is we are going to have issues. We just talked about a long-term relationship. I always go back to this one owner. I won't mention his name, but he was a doctor in Northern Virginia I was at the property the day they arrived at the house for the first time. He had two young boys that were about seven years old, nine years old, that range. They were so excited that there was a basketball hoop. It was close to the ocean, had a swimming pool, this, that, and the other. The spouse was there, and she was excited. As time went on, the kids stopped coming. The wife hated the drive. And the last time I was there, he said, I hate this godforsaken place. (laughs) No. We had gone through a lifespan with this homeowner, 14 years from the time I originally had that interaction with them to the last time I met him. And it, that's true. That's what we deal with. And over that time, just like a family and families change, we're going to have arguments. We're going to have issues. We're going to have problems. Our plea to you, Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner, is please call us. Let's talk. Don't internalize it and have it blow up in an email or have your attorney call us over some menial issue that was the tipping point, pick up the phone and call us because we do make mistakes. We are human and we do our best to correct them when we know it. I would finish that off by saying that I understand these homeowners have put a lot of money into these properties more and more every day. And we want to have a great relationship with you owner and It's our intention to do a great job. You wouldn't have picked us if that wasn't the case. And if over and over and over and over and over we keep screwing up, then yeah, definitely leave us. Go find another property manager, right? But our goal is to make you happy and know that that's what we talk about in our meetings. And we, I mean, we sit around and go through every survey we get from owners and we look at every response and discuss, is this owner happy with us or not? That's how much we care. But we still screw up, like Tim said, and just know that we're sorry and we want to fix the problem. Yep. So that brings us to not so hot off the press, but definitely happening. And this week, the story is more global than regional. It comes to us from the Netherlands, the home of booking.com where the online travel agency announced just this past week that they're going to cut 25% of their workforce, Sarah. That's 4,000 employees believed to be affected. Boy, that's big news. That is big news, especially with other news that comes with it, Tim, which is didn't they just get how much investment? The Dutch government 
gave him a $4 billion loan just a few months ago. I guess $4 billion doesn't get what it used to. Yeah, they're really having an issue. I see around the globe, they say that vacation rentals are down overall about 20%, but Booking.com is off by a huge number. And so I think it really speaks to a bigger issue right now about travelers' habits and what they're doing in terms of getting bookings and making bookings. And so if I'm an employee of Booking.com right now, I am very nervous. Yeah, call us. We have job openings. Exactly. (laughs) And, you know, Booking.com, I don't want to be an economist here, but they very much have a hotel market. They might claim they have a lot of vacation rentals, but the way the vacation rentals work well on Booking.com to date is when they're small, hotel-like, you know what I'm talking about, Mm -hmm. like the condo tell. And so those really have suffered, and I could see how that is bringing Booking.com down, whereas I'm hearing Verbo is doing quite well because Verbo is focused on the resort market. And then interesting because as well, tying into that is TripAdvisor in April, I think it was, they laid off 900 employees and Airbnb in May cut 1,900 jobs. Just putting it out there and not so hot off the press, but definitely happening. Tim and my business is booming again. So we're happy for the time being and hoping the fall is going to knock it out of the park and somehow there's going to be a successful ski season for us, Tim. I'm thinking it will. Yes. The vaccine will arrive just in time for snow season. That's what our hope is for you. Yes. All right. So that'll do it for this week. I don't even know how many of these we covered, but boy, we gave you a lot of content today. Whether you are a property owner that just happened to tune in and listen to this, I hope you got a few things out of our relationship advice here. Or your vacation rental manager, certainly a lot of this rings true, and I'm hopeful it was helpful to you all today. Thank you, Tim. Thanks for going through this with me. It was fun. It's fun to talk about all of these ways that we can communicate with owners to set the right expectation on both sides. Good luck to everybody out there as you add on new owners, create new relationships, and we'll talk to you next time. So long, everybody. Thank you for listening to Sarah and T, Professional Vacation Rental Managers Podcast. Brought to you by Sarah Bradford of Winter Park Lodging Company and Steamboat Lodging Company, as well as Tim Cafferty of Outer Banks Blue and Sandbridge Blue Realty Services. Together, Sarah and Tim manage more than 600 privately owned vacation rental properties, and both are regarded as experts in the vacation rental management industry. Music provided by Ben Sound. We encourage your participation on this podcast by sharing it with friends, and please feel free to rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Comments or reviews on this particular podcast can be made on their website, sarahnt.com, where you can also subscribe to the podcast as well as providing feedback on this episode or give them ideas for future topics. We look forward to speaking with you next time on Sarah and Tea.